Alright, so we continue on church censures, church discipline, chapter 33. Now, just to make sure that we don't forget what church censure means. What does church censure mean? Uh, Vincent, do you remember? What does the word censure mean? Because we can't study this topic and say, what is church censure? I don't know what censure. Say again? Censure, not government. <clears throat> well, it involves govern governing. So what is censure? After three lessons, don't remember. Howard, do you remember? Censure. Very good. Now, censure is actually judgment. Making judgment. And it's important to learn that it is not just making judgment on sin, but it includes actually performing discipline. Alright, performing discipline. That is what it means. Censure. And this word censure is actually involving a formal expression of severe disapproval. Alright, a formal expression of severe disapproval. It is a formal rebuke. It is a judging, judging. And in this judging, it involves condemnation. So please remember all these things. Um, must not forget so soon. So all these are official reprimands, right? Official reprimands. Church censures are official reprimands and followed by discipline if needed. In fact, the censuring, the rebuking in itself is a form of discipline, right? Parents, does discipline of your children simply means caning them? No, when you rebuke them, when you admonish them, you are disciplining them, correct? So, church censures are actually disciplines, disciplining. But why did we learn so much about church government before we even start on censure? Look at your chapter 33. Right, chapter 33. The Westminster Divines, they began with... Um, point one regarding appointed government in church office church officers in point two about church government church authority and the officers in the church so who remembers why church censure has four points two of which is used to cover church government authority and church officers anyone remember Ben Khan. Correct. Now, church discipline or church censure comes from the church. And if the church member do not understand church authority, do not um, accept that there is such a thing as church authority, church government, then the person will say, why are you censuring me? What right have you to discipline me? Correct? That is why it's very important that we spend much time understanding God's appointed governing body and there is this concept of authority in the church. It's just like in a country. You take up church, you take up citizenship in this country or you're born here, you're naturally a citizen here, 
those of you who seek to take take up permanent residency or citizenship you are always asked will you accept the government laws why why if you want to be a citizen of the country you have to accept we will be your governing authority and therefore the laws that we set you must accept do you or not if you do not do not be a citizen in our country do not stay in this country as a permanent resident because you do not accept the authoritative government of this country so the same as church that's that is why point number one they very succinctly point out we covered church uh, country government submitting to government in the chapters prior to this chapter why to learn to submit to authority in the country now the Westminster Confession of Faith teaches that we must also learn the same principle in church there is authority in the church this concept is very much rejected as we studied progressive Christianity if you remember the form of Christianity today it has progressed to the state where we do not need church we do not need church authority and what the church teaches does not need to be believed followed you choose what you want to believe that is the thinking today the authority is something that the world do not like and christians today have progressed to that point right so the restoration of the understanding of church authority church government is crucial is crucial one last question before we move on i think it's the last question why is it so crucial that we understand there is church government and church authority and if we reject such a concept besides accepting church discipline what else will happen what else will happen valerie what else do you think disunity and chaos because there is no rule there is no rules to follow there are no rules to follow there are no um, authority to tell us what to do so there will be just everybody deciding to do what he or she likes to do and what to believe everybody makes their own choices that is why our BBK covers in detail the teachings of the authoritative teachings and beliefs of the church do you believe do you accept the authority authoritative teachings of um, the bp faith do you believe this will be what um, the church will be based on in how we um, run and interpret scriptures do you accept if you don't and you still want to be a member that everybody believes whatever they want to believe there is no unity in other words in in one short word just like in a country that in which its citizens disregard authority disregard government rules there is chaos same in church all right that is why they spend much time in this chapter out of four points half of it used to emphasize this until the believer today come to this submission of i choose i choose to be part of this church therefore i choose to be under its authority in in the swearing in of members do you ex, do you do you agree to submit to the authority and discipline of the church leaders you have to answer in the affirmative all right so it's very very crucial 
And also in point number two, the reminder to the church leaders and the authority is we do not rule based on our whims and fancy. This authority is bestowed upon the, the church and its officers by Christ. So we saw many passages, we spent much time understanding that Christ does, does appoint, Christ does lay on the shoulders of leaders in the church, authority. And that is why the people must submit to the authority, authority of the leaders because they are bestowed upon them by Christ. They are submitting to Christ, in other words. And the leaders must be very conscious, very, very um, conscientious and diligent in executing what Christ in the Bible um, um, teaches, not what we decide to do. And all the decisions and rules are made based on the principles that Christ set forth in His Word. Right? So that is the other thing that we spend much time understanding. Right? So there are powers, genuine powers, just like government have genuine powers to rule, but always in line with Christ. Alright, so that is a quick summary of the importance of understanding that. Now then we come to point number three. Now we enter into the church censure itself. Alright? Church censure itself. Number three, let's read together. Church censures are necessary for the reclaiming and gaining of offending brethren, for deterring of others from the like offences, for purging out of the leaven which might infect the whole lump, for vindicating the honour of Christ and the holy profession of the gospel, and for preventing the wrath of God which might justly fall upon the church if they should suffer his covenant and the seals thereof to be profaned by notorious and obstinate offenders. Alright, so this is now the reason for church censures. Alright, point number three is clearly the reasons for church censures. Alright, so let's use our question sheet to try and help us um, follow the lesson and move along with it. Okay. Now, but first and foremost, we have to establish, does the Bible, we know the Bible teaches church authority, church government, and church officers laid upon the church elders. It's clear. We saw that. But the question is this, does the Bible really teach church discipline? Yeah, they're church leaders. But are the church leaders in his governing supposed to exercise church censure and church discipline because you only covered authority and governing we did not see whether the bible teaches that do you think the bible teaches that or it is something that the church leaders over time decided oh i think we like to discipline people so let's do church censures does the bible teach that what do you think nancy what do you think you have the easy, yes, you see, you have the easy, easiest part. Does it? It's a yes or no. So, yes, because we are studying church sanction. So, yes. Alright, now the difficult part is, how do you know? How do you know? Benedict. Benedict, how do you know? 
There's also an easy answer to how do you know, right? The answer is? It's in the Bible. <laughs> how do we know it's in the Bible? <laughs> but of course, the question is, where? Does the Bible, where in the Bible does it indicate that church, the, Bible, the church should exercise discipline? Anyone can think of anything? Anyone? Hannah? Can think of any occasion where the Bible says, discipline the people? Yes. Any, any occasion comes to mind from the Bible? Hannah, yes, Hannah. Very good, 1 Corinthians 5. Actually, your answer, the answer is, is in the Bible verse below. <laughs> it's even easier. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. So we have to be convinced that church authority is supposed to exercise church censure. <clears throat> right, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, the famous chapter about this person, this church member sleeping with his uh, mother or is understood by some as his stepmother it is still incest all right whichever the case now let us um, read verses five uh, chapter five of first corinthians verses one to four verses one to four reading it is reported commonly that there is fornication among you and such fornication as it is not so much as named among the Gentiles that one should have his father's wife. Are you and you are you puffed up and have not rather mourned that ye had that had done this deed might be taken away from you from among you? For verily I verily as absent in the body, but present in spirit, have judged already as though I were present concerning him that hath done so has so done this deed. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when ye are gathered together, and my spirit with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 5, sorry. Verse 5, to deliver such as one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, and, and that spirit may be saved in that day of the Lord Jesus. <clears throat> so, you notice several things. One, there is sin, and this is certainly a grievous sin in the church committed by a member. Is the church supposed to just keep quiet? Are the church leaders supposed to just um, ignore it? Well, today, churches don't exercise church censures or discipline. They just simply ignore it. They say it is unloving. But the Bible, in the Bible, it is clear. Now, Paul is not present physically in Corinthian church. But notice that he says this. Now verse 3, the, sorry, verse 2 first. The church was not dealing, was not censuring, was not disciplining. Should they do so? Paul says they should. Paul wrote to them, you better exercise church censure. You better do it. Verse 5, he say, now I'm, I'm not present with you, but have judged already. So please know that the church must judge. Paul said, I'm not present among you. But even though I'm not present among you, I have already made judgment. Church censure is judgment. Someone pointed out earlier on, it's judgment. It is not unloving to judge. Paul said, please judge. Judge righteous judgment according to the word of God. So it's please judge. I have judged already, verse 3, as though I were present about this particular member that has done this thing. 
So we must judge. Verse 4. Now, this is the example of church, not private discipline. Paul said, I judged already. I personally judged. You should have judged also. But Paul did not say, now, privately judge and deal with it. What did he instruct? He said, as a church, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Number one, it's done in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. means it is commanded by Christ. It is expected. We are doing it in the name. We can only do anything in the name of Christ because Christ himself would sanction it. Number one, Christ sanctioned this. Number two, when ye are gathered together, when ye are gathered together, it is not a private, personal, one-on-one, -on -one, or maybe just board of elders with this member. He said, when ye are gathered together, means this is church. That is why the title is church censure. Not private censure, church censure. And Paul said, in, in, and, and I will be present with you in spirit, with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ. So it closes again with a reminder. Please, the Lord Jesus Christ expects this. Expects the church to do this. To do what? Five. To deliver such an one to Satan for destruction. This is very serious. This is not just tell the person off. This is public gathering. And in this person's particular case, was actually the case of church excommunication. Delivered out of the church. Now, delivered such one onto Satan means he is basically cast out of the church, not part of the people of God. Let Satan have him. So he is thrown into the world. That is what it means. So this means excommunication, leaving the church, told to leave the church. This is an unrepentant case. Now, we will cover some of those things later on, but what it means to be delivered to Satan and so on. But we do know, this is one clear example, instructed by the Apostle under the, under the Holy Spirit moving. Now, any other examples? Turn to 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 19. <clears throat> or maybe let's turn to Matthew 18 first, right? Matthew 18. This is very familiar. Matthew 18. Another example. So you must be convinced the Bible teaches public church gathered church censure. <coughs> Alright. Now let's read verses 15 <coughs> to verse 17. 15 to 17. Reading. Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee to one or two more, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it to the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be as be unto thee as an heathen man and a publican. So verse 17 tells us, if this person continues to be unrepentant after um, private dealing, so there is private dealing first. All right, point four, we will cover the steps. There is private dealing, but now we are focusing on, does the Bible teach public gathering church censure? In verse, seven, verse 17, is clear. 
Now, then what? Tell it to the board of elders, tell it to the presbytery, tell it to the apostles. No, tell it to the church. This is public gathering. But if you neglect to hear the church, again, it is the church. The church will come together when the judgment is made publicly. Let him be unto thee as a heathen man and a publican. What does that mean? It means again, church membership means you are no longer part of this church. Excommunication. So there are these kind of steps that are clear. These are not, um, or I put it this way, these are specific instructions given to church to deal with people who, who commit grievous sin who, and who are, re- who are unrepentant and to be dealt with to the, in front of the church and if it still would, the person still will not repent after a period of handling, we'll cover all those as well, then let him be unto thee as a heathen man and a publican, as if he's not a believer. Alright, so these are clear examples. Another final example that I can think of where there is the public censuring in the church, not just private church discipline. It's public church discipline. First Timothy chapter 2. First Timothy chapter 2. Sorry, second. Um, oh, I'm looking at the wrong place. First Timothy chapter five. My mistake. First Timothy chapter five. Okay, let's read verses nineteen and twenty together. Against an elder received not an accusation, but before two or three witnesses. Them that sin rebuke before all, that others also may fear. So in the case of the church leader, the elder, the authority that is supposed to execute discipline, he is also under the same church censure if he commits grievous sin. And again, there is two or three witnesses, there are steps. And then in the case of the church leader, now certain sins is immediately before verse 20, them that sin before all, rebuke before all. Again, the church gathering, public. It's not just private censure, especially for church leader. Alright, so none is exempt. So the conclusion, church leaders appointed by God, church censure, is also appointed by God. Specific instructions given that the church must comply. Now, verse uh, question number 11. All right, question number 11. Let's continue. Now, then why is church discipline necessary? Right, why is church discipline necessary, at least according to WCF? So, let's go through point number three. So, they're all stated there very clearly. Number one, Reclaiming and gaining the offending brethren. That's the reason church censure or church discipline is necessary for reclaiming and gaining the offending brethren. Number two, for deterring others from like offenses. Right? So, one is to restore 
stop a brother from sinning, continuing in sin and help him. The other one is to prevent others <coughs> from sinning, especially the same sin. <coughs> then the next, the next, <coughs> for purging out of that leaven which might infect the whole lump. <coughs> so now, it goes wider. It's for the individual that is sinning, and it's also for certain individuals that may learn from him, but now it is for preventing this sin from spreading across the church. Alright, so now it goes to the church, for protecting the church, purging out that leaven, getting rid of that sin before it infects the whole church. Right, so that is protection of individual, the individual of the indi of individuals around him, who are, who are familiar with him, familiar with her sins, they may learn. But eventually, it is the whole church protecting the whole church. Then next, not just for us and the church, for vindicating the honor of Christ and the holy profession of the gospel. That is important. So don't think that church discipline is just about dealing with individuals, for helping individuals, for um, protecting the church. There is a very far greater important reason. Vindicate the honour of Christ. Afterwards, we'll look at some examples. The honour of Christ is at stake when the church does not exercise church censure. Be clear about that. Can you think of any examples? We think we'll discuss that afterwards. And the holy profession of the gospel, Christians claim to be Christians, hold Christ's name. We preach the gospel, and if we live in sin, unrepentant, after being dealt with especially, this will bring the name of Christ to shame. Okay? The next, for the preventing, so the last point, for the preventing of wrath of God, which might justly fall upon the church. Preventing the wrath of God. God says that if we do not, if the church authority, the church government, whom he laid upon their shoulders, the obligation and duty to exercise church discipline, for his church fails to do so do you think god himself would not step in because his name his honor is at stake in other words look at it this way if our church our church leaders do not exercise church discipline then what will happen is god himself will choose to step in when God steps in by the time God steps in it's going to be very severe kind of like can you think of your home example Alex can you think of home example when you step in when you step in what happens the house rocks trembles it immediately stop before Alex goes to work you say Children, when I'm not around, listen to mommy, right? Mommy will discipline you, so you're supposed to obey mommy, right? So you give grace, the authority to watch over them, discipline them. 
Correct? The head of the home. Christ is the head of the church. And then, if she does not do so, then what happens? When you come back, you will act for sure. You're not going to say, ah, never mind, just forget it. You will act, right? And by the time, because if grace does not do so, they'll get worse and worse. By the time you come home, it'll be chaos, right? Then by the time you act, it's far worse. It's far worse. Well, it also can be the case where the church acts, the church acts, the church acts, right? The mother keeps disciplining. And, the, and to the individual, please remember this. When the church acts, <clears throat> in other words, but like when the mother acts, you refuse to listen. Who are you to discipline me? I don't believe in church authority. I only obey Christ. Huh? People say that, I only obey Christ. If you reject God's ordained authority, you are asking for God to deal with you personally. Right? It's like the child who refused to listen to the mother, you're asking. The mother will say, alright, alright, then I leave it to daddy to deal with you. Then you're going to get it worse. Right? We'll look at possible, or you can think of examples after this. So, do you want a church not to exercise church discipline? Because when God steps in, it will be very severe. The church may not function after that. It may be the end of the church, or the church may continue, but with very severe consequences. Right? So, now, if, now, what about the church leaders? If they should suffer his covenant and seals thereof to be profaned by notorious and obstinate offenders, what does it mean? Paul understood this. Paul knew that if the church leaders, and if he himself did not want and act, and tell the church to act, if the church leaders should suffer God's covenant and the seals thereof, we learnt about covenant, we learnt about seals, to be profane. In other words, the church with its members, the members make covenantal vows in, actually what are the covenantal vows? In Mabel. For example, as a church member, what covenantal vow did you take? I didn't take any. Not to disrupt unity, but this is about committing sin. Say it's my personal sin, I don't disrupt the church. What are some of our covenantal um, seals? No? Uh, no one remember. Shining. What are our covenantal seals? The signs and seals. When do you commit that? A membership. But remember your covenantal sign and seal. <laughs> Baptism. Baptism. The church. Ex the church baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. You have your covenantal seal, and in that time, you make all your professions, correct? Identification with Christ, and then yet you break all those. You break all those, and in dealing with you, you refuse to repent. Right? So when a church does not hold the member to the covenantal seals, and just let them go on, God will step in. So the church must be aware of that. Now, when you understand all this, when you understand 
not in detail at least at this high level all right so we we understand all these key points <clears throat> then we ask question number 12 is the church is church discipline is church censure unloving is it unloving what do you think so who want to answer the easy part sing uh, yuan is it unloving is church censure unloving not unloving okay so then why do you think it is not unloving to protect protect who very good protect the church protect the individuals in the church protect the name of Christ protect the honor of Christ protect what do you think is the last part especially when God deals with the church why is it not unloving if the church has sin within it and the God and God exercises his judgment what do you think one of the what do you think is the worst judgment a church can face when it refuses to deal with sin and God judges what is the worst judgment that you can imagine upon the church what is it Phyllis what do you think is the thing that you fear most that God does in judgment to BPCWA strike it with lightning and burn it down <laughs> disperse the church yes disperse the church well disperse the church well we we can be disbanded and dispersed but that, that's it uh. that's we just find another church right so just say just say the pastor sin badly and the church don't deal with it or members sin badly or leaders sin badly we don't deal with it then church god just disperse the church then other members can just go other church go find other churches what things are worse eugene Instead of being uh, helping people to, or be a testimony to tell us what you, you, you God is no longer the church and you drag people down. Mm. Instead of being a testimony to help others to know Christ, God is no longer in our midst and we are useless. That is the worst judgment. Our plug the founding cornerstone in front of a door for the testimony for the testimony the church is for the testimony of christ and his word so the worst judgment that god can pronounce on a church is what's the hebrew word anyone remember the hebrew word ikabot 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 god is no longer present his presence is no longer with us that is the worst now of course many of us just think on the level of well help other Christians um, reclaim the brother so that you don't sin definitely extremely and highly important to restore the brother to prevent others from sinning the same thing definitely very important 
But really, the most important thing is that BPCWA, if it does not exercise church censures when needed, and exercise it properly, when God judges, the worst judgment is not dispersion. Dispersion people can go to other churches. Is the church still exists, but God is not here. God doesn't use it. Your life do not get transformed. You keep coming. Your children keep having a church to go to, but God is not there. They do not grow spiritually. They become worldly. They become carnal. We become a carnal, worldly church that keeps sinning. It's the worst place to be. That's the worst judgment ever. Right? So is it unloving? Is church discipline unloving? It is not. It is a very, very loving thing, loving thing to do to the individual, to the individuals around the individual, to the church, to the name of Christ, to the cause of Christ. It is extremely loving. Now, church discipline is truly a topic that very rarely is considered, taught. And I think most of the modern churches today, they do not even talk about these things. They do not even have this concept of church discipline. Um, that is very dangerous. Alright, so I hope Christians. Now, that is one other point. What will happen if we did not exercise church censure and discipline? Or rather, I would say this. Um, why is it important to study this topic now? Why? Now, before we, and I hope that we do not ever come to a day where we have to exercise church discipline. Alright? That members, by and large, leaders, by and large, would be obedient to the Word of God. And when we sin, and when our sins are pointed out, we will repent, we will change our ways, and that's it. But if there comes a point of time where we have to exercise church discipline, if we do not know these reasons well, and if these reasons do not become so clear, and it doesn't become a conviction in you, by the time you have to one day exercise church discipline, it will be very, very difficult. Why do you think it's difficult? Why? Valerie, you nod your head. Why? Why do you think, why do you agree so, so vehemently? Right. History repeats itself. History repeats itself. Oh. Okay. So, what uh, she said is now, if the church does not understand church discipline well and the reasons for church discipline, then when the church have to exercise it, it will be chaotic, and people will say, "Come to my side. Come to your side." That's the leader's side. That is our side. And people start taking side instead of asking, "What is the problem?" Is it that we need to discipline this person? Yes, if we need, then we have to because it is good for the church and therefore we should do it. There's no more these friendships, family ties, relationships thing anymore because the individual member in the church, 
becomes very clear in the heart that church discipline is very important to protect. Protect individuals, protect the individual, protect the individuals, protect the church, and protect Christ's name and its cause for the future generation. It is so important. Why do you think the government put in laws and when people break the laws, they would punish? Because they know if they don't, it will propagate. It will get worse. And eventually the country will be in chaos. It is important. Alright, so if the church individuals are not clear about this, when it happens, all these thoughts are not in your mind. The only thing in your mind is how to help this person because discipline is always seen as unloving. Let's cite this person. Let's try to um, protect this person. But you don't understand that we are trying to help the person by exercising church discipline is the best way to help the person. We'll see some afterwards. Best way to help that person. We are helping the person by protecting, by taking sides and not dealing with sin by discipline, by rebuke, by getting the person to stop, by putting in certain measures, by not doing that. It is bad for the person. Right, so I hope that with this under, with further understanding as we cover each individual point, you will be very convinced in your heart and when the time comes that we have to do this. We don't like to do this. There have been occasions where we almost have to do this, especially in the recent months. We don't like to do this. We do our best to avoid this, but we are always ready to do this. Why? Not because we like it but because it has to be done to protect the name of Christ, to protect the individuals. Right? So please don't think when the church have to do that. It's not nice. I've been, I've been, I think I've been in one in my life, my whole life. Was I there? Can't even remember. Maybe I don't even want to think about it. I want to mask it out my memories. It's a very, very unpleasant thing. No church likes to do that, but we will do it and we have to do it. It will be like that. We will announce the name of the person. We go through the steps in point five. We announce the name of the person. Then after worship service, we announce that all members will stay back. Non-members will leave the room. We'll close the door. It's that kind of situation. It is very unpleasant, but very necessary. Right? So we do not want to reach that stage. But when it reaches that stage, I hope that everyone sitting in, that, in this room will only have a feeling of this is important. We love this person. And that is why we are doing this. We want this person to be recovered. That is why we are doing this. We want the church to be protected. That is why we are doing this. Whether we are doing this to a church leader or doing this to an ordinary church member, no difference. It is a feeling of this is unpleasant, but this is necessary for the good of the person and the church. Fathers, do you like disciplining your children? Uh, I hope not in the sense of you just like to take the cane and whack them. It is very unpleasant, but you know that you must do it. Alright, so... And when you're doing it, you know that you're doing it because of the good of the child and so that the other child will learn, so that the home would not be destroyed. Alright, so is it really loving? Now, let us then see. 
Question 13. Give Bible verses for and give examples for each reason of church censure. Alright, so give Bible verse for this, for we say reclaiming our brother, right? Reclaiming the brethren, reclaiming and gaining the brethren. Give Bible verse to prove that censure is for that. And give example how it achieves that. Do you understand? Alright? So let's go through this together. Alright? So when it happens, when church censure does happen, in your mind, your the Bible verse is clear in your mind. We are reclaiming and trying to help this brother or sister to stop sinning, reclaiming him for Christ, gaining him to our side again, to Christ's side, and give reason how it does that. Give reason how it does that. So when it happens, you are clear in your mind. The Bible verse is clear, and why we are doing this and how it helps is clear in your heart and mind. So who can think of a Bible verse to reclaim, reclaim and gain the brethren? Uh, uh, Adrian, to reclaim and gain the brethren. Because you must be convinced, uh, the Bible says, church discipline is to reclaim and, and gain the brethren. Is it true? Very good. Matthew 18, we read it. Matthew 18. Let's turn to Matthew 18. Now, please know that Christ, Christ said with his own lips on earth, right? These verses that we read is from the lips of Christ on earth. Of course, every word is from God. This he spoke on earth and was recorded. Now, verse, <clears throat> verse 15. Moreover, if thy brother shall, brethren shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. So do that first. And if he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. So first, <clears throat> are you approaching to tell the brother his sin? In this case, the sin against you. Maybe the person stole something from you, abused you in some way. All right, you go and tell the brother you have sinned against me. You have done this. That is that is censure happening. All right, please know in that sense that is censure happening. What is the purpose of you doing that? The purpose is that you may gain your brother. Your censure of him is to gain the brethren. And if the person continues to neglect, the next stage is also for the church to be involved, for the board of elders, for the church to be involved, is also for the same purpose. It's for the same purpose for which you started. Do you understand? Okay, look at these verses. Huh? What is the purpose of you approaching the brother? Verse 15. To gain the brother. To make him hear. He hear means he agree and he repents, right? What's the purpose to make him hear? is that you gain him, you restore him, right? And if he doesn't, you bringing up to the church, it is not, all right, you don't listen to me. Now I let the whole church know and embarrass you. It is not that. It's still for the same purpose, that he would now hear from the church censure. And the purpose again is so that he will hear and be gained back to Christ, okay? So that is the purpose. It's always for that. It's always for that. So understand when the church exercises church discipline, when the board exercises discipline, it is always to help the person 
to help the person. So you must be, the leaders must do it for that and you must be convinced it is for that. So please one day if your son, your daughter, we are having more and more children growing up in this church, your son or your daughter gets to this stage where church discipline needs to be exercised, please do not hold it against the church. Please do not hold it against the church leaders. Please know that it is God's way of helping your child know this is going to go to the church. Repent before it reaches that stage. You do not want it to come to that stage. This is how serious this sin is. It is not a small thing. Repent. Alright, so if your spouse, your husband or your wife or your brother or your sister or your uncle or your auntie or your nephew goes through this, please know it's done to regain, to gain the brethren. Alright, so have that understanding. Then you will gladly, you will gladly say, now if you still don't, the only way to help you is now we need to go to the church to deal with this. That's the only way to help you. Alright? So, have that understanding and have that heart. And church leaders must know it is for that. It is, now, there is something that sometimes is very strange. I think some church leaders, they don't understand this. Because they seem to like to censure for the sake of making the other person look bad. That's all. And making themselves look righteous. And making themselves look like, look, you see, I exercise church discipline, not like other church leaders. Now, how do you know that that is the case? Because sometimes when, when, when I visit a church, or church leaders like to tell me about church certain church members under certain church discipline and all the all the details um, even when i was a visiting person visiting preacher sometimes i do not know why what for um, because and and it's like anyone who visits the church they love they love to go you know you know this this member this this they tell all the details very private details for what Alright, so when that happens, you know that it is not done to regain the brethren. It is just done because they love. They love... How to say this? They love to have drama, you know? They love to have drama. They just love drama. I just love drama. So I like to talk, oh, I've got this drama, that drama. And then they look like they're doing a lot of important things. It is very sad. So the church should never look at church discipline with that perspective. Alright, never. Neither should the member be subjected through this kind of unnecessary embarrassment. It is always to regain. Okay, so, in fact, one actually told me, because I was told all the details, and I was just a visiting person. The person said, you know, whenever a visiting uh, speaker comes, I will have to go through this. I have to go and sit down with them and get counselling from them. It's very strange. It should not be, alright? So that is not what the church should do. That is, that is wrong and that is not what is meant to be. Right, so anyone involved must be aware of that. Now, um, okay, so church 
censure is loving, right? So going to tell, telling a brethren, telling the church, this is sin, it's not loving, it's, it's, it's not unloving. What am I saying? It's, oh, let's put it a single, it's loving, okay? So let me ask you, what are the forms of church censures? Church censures, church discipline. What are the forms? Can you think of the form? Well, one is here, right? Go to the person, talk to the person personally, point out the sin. So very often we think church discipline, church sanction is this. When the person commits a certain sin, go talk to the person in private, deal with it. Are there other forms of church sanction before it even reaches this, this stage? Did it ever occur to you that preaching from the pulpit is church sanction? Is church discipline. So every week from the pulpit, the preacher is always censuring when necessary. Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 4. Okay, now read verse 2 together. Reading. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. So, the pastor is told to preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, means all the time. No matter what the situation, you're supposed to all the time do what? Reproof, rebuke, exhort. He chose the different words. Reproof, rebuke, exhort. Right? So there were scoldings. There is the pointing out of sin. There is specifically rebuking certain sins that people commit. Specifically reproving all right nurturing feeding scolding encouraging exhort encouraging them to stop those sins the service three for the time will come they will not endure sound doctrine All right they will not listen to sound doctrines anymore and please don't think sound doctrines are just theological it's about vpp and all that sound doctrines include how we live what mothers should be what fathers should be what students should be, what workers should be. All these are sound doctrines of how you ought to live. Many will not hear anymore. So when you hear preachers, when you hear the pastor on the pulpit, when you hear me reproving and rebuking certain sins, that you know you're committing or others are committing, Please don't say it is an unloving thing. This is a public preaching, exhorted, given to Pastor Timothy to do so from the pulpit. Don't think, why is the, why is the pastor barking all these rebukes? Why don't he just preach more loving doctrines? As long as the passage calls for it, and as long as there is sin in the church. For example, if Many of you are living carnally, worldly lives. 
Many of you mothers are not obeying the word of God. Fathers not being the fathers that they need to be. Workers not being the workers that you need to be at work. Should the pastor not specifically point out and deal with those sins? Not necessarily individuals, but dealing with those sins is a church-wide church censure, right? To deal with those sins, right? So it is church censure. It's part of church censure. It is not unloving. It is a call to gain you back to Christ. Okay, so please know that. So Sundays after Sundays, if rebukes are are given for specific sins, if it happens in our congregation, it is among us, then take it as a church censure that we need and we need to be restored to Christ. It is not an unloving pastor that always preaches this. There was once I, I preached at a church. Now the passage was about loving Christ, all right, about loving Christ. And I preached on it and how... Um, how much this person loved Christ she wept in front of Christ she she wouldn't even go before Christ she would wipe Christ's um, feet with her hair and clean I preached on loving Christ and after that a church member came up to me I was a visiting uh, preacher then a church member came up in fact two came up to me and said yeah you know our church needs more messages like that about loving Christ about Christ loving us we very often get scolded by pastor. <laughs> and I say, well, you know, is this this passage is this? If the next time I'm here, if I'm asked to preach, if it's about scolding, I'll be scolding too. <laughs> we kind of we must realize that scolding. So I said, you know, when if it's in the passage and your pastor scolds the congregation about something and the sin does exist in the congregation, take it as the pastor loves you. The pastor wants to regain you to Christ, right? So, um, it is a loving thing. Your pastor loves you. That's why he rebukes and reproves sin to help you, to help you. But we live in a generation where even parents, right? Children, no children here, fun. <laughs> Never, when, whenever, only when parents praise and buy gifts and hug and kiss me, daddy loves me, mommy loves me. But if daddy always scolds me, canes me, not loving. That is how we are. And that is why this chapter is important. When a church does exercise it, it is loving. Remember that. When you come, if we do ever have to walk through those doors for one of these sessions, and I hope we don't ever have to. And when, if we do have to, remember it is a loving thing. We are trying to help the person. But it has reached a stage where it needs to be helped publicly. Right? So God does have that step. Personal, then it doesn't help the person, make the person hear from the church. That is why for the church elder, you build before all. That's the only way. Now, um, reclaiming and gaining the brethren. Alright? Now, what about deterring others? Well, actually, there's another verse which the West, Westminster Divines also point us to, Jude. Jude 23. Jude 23. Alright, Jude 23. So, let's read together. And others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. Alright, so hate 
this garment spotted by the flesh pull these ones out of the fire so church discipline church censure is doing that all right so please remember that now what about individuals deterring other individuals we learn about the next one hey by the way um, other examples actually here we have not completed remember the case first corinthians chapter 5 very serious right deliver him to satan deliver him to satan did it work did it work okay young not ahead you work how do you know very good second corinthians chapter 6 it's chapter 2 sorry second corinthians chapter 2 <clears throat> Alright, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, as we know from here, verses 5 um, to 7, or 5 to 8, let's read together. But if any have caused grief, he hath not grieved me, but in part, that I may not overcharge you all. Sufficient to such a man is this punishment, which was inflicted of many. So that contrarywise ye may ought to rather to forgive him and comfort him, lest perhaps such a one should be swallowed up in overmuch sorrow. Wherefore I beseech you that you would confirm your love toward him. For to this end also did I write, that I may know the proof of you, whether ye be obedient in all things. Now, did this person repent? Or is it a case? I, uh, you know, scolded him for so long, threw him out of the church. Poor thing. Ah, just forgive him. Alright, long enough, long enough. Many months already, poor guy. Alright, so poor guy. So Paul says, then, oh, you inflicted, so many of you inflicted this punishment on him. So he just simply says, forgive him. Confirm your love towards him. Forgive him. Verse 7, so forgive him. What do you think? Did he repent? Um, Keziah, did he repent? Or, or should we just forgive? Exercise discipline after that? Ah, just forgive. Did he repent? Not sure. Alright, if you look at verse 7. Comfort him lest perhaps such a one should be swallowed up with overmuch sorrow. Alright, so this person did have as we understand it would be godly sorrow all right so he did feel the sorrow of of repentance all right so paul say like he has shown genuine sorrow so now forgive him so church discipline must also not keep extending huh? the person is sorrowful genuinely repentant both fruits of repentance so in this case, with this sorrow and Paul re- telling them to receive, I'm very sure Paul will not ask him back, ask them to receive him if he's still in relationship with his mother, obviously. So in this case, with this sorrow, it is clear that he has broken off this fornication and say must forgive. So the whole point is, is restoring, restoring. Right? So it works. I'm saying this, it works when it comes to the church level. 
in scriptures we have evidences that it is needful it is necessary and it does work don't say why you want to embarrass him right so some people you may have the father coming to church why you embarrass my son why you embarrass my daughter why do you make it public right if this private dealing 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 and it's a grievous sin and the person will not repent the church does it because in scriptures they are proven it is proven that a child of God a genuine child of God it works on the genuine child of God it's a proven case that is why the church now takes it to the next step that is why Christ himself personally from his lips on earth tell you you go personally if he don't hear you if he hear you gain the brother if he don't hear you bring it to the church so that make him hear the church Christ himself says it works it works okay so parents do not say that why are you embarrassing my child would you rather your child repent of that grievous sin or would you and be quiet and be private or would you rather your child get right with God and the rest of the life right with God when you don't understand church discipline and why it needs to escalate to the next level at certain points you do not love your child now that point about Satan deliver to Satan <clears throat> deliver to Satan what does it mean who can tell me right in 1st Corinthians 5 right deliver to Satan so some people get very confused by it 1st Corinthians chapter 5 verse 5 to deliver such as one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that the spirit may be saved Uh, um, who wants to try? Let me see. Who have an call? Uh, Leah, you want to try, Leah? What does it mean? Having known what happened now. Tell him to be a Satan worshipper. <laughs> Say again. It means excommunication, correct. It means excommunication... But why deliver to Satan? And then... Definitely not ask him to be a Satan worshipper, right? That's for sure. Alright, you don't worship God, now go worship Satan. Now, overall, what it means if is... Well, excommunication is for the purpose of making the person know you are not even now allowed to have fellowship with Christians you are now you want to be like the world now you then go live with the world praying and hoping that this person if it's a true child of God will know this has reached such a serious state you mean really a pastor church really you're doing this to you're turning your back on me and say this sin is so serious I've you, you're asking me to leave the church you, I'm like the world and go be like the world you mean is that serious it wakens them it wakens them now this person is living in sin in fornication he thinks it's fine the church thinks it's fine but when the church dealt with it then he suddenly thinks you mean it's so serious you mean I can't come to church anymore I can't take holy communion I can't fellowship with Christ. you mean it's that serious and then he began to realize alright so delivering to Satan is now to some point is even like then let him be out of the protection of the church 
and let Satan buffet him, let Satan chastise him. Now, as a child of God, would you rather God chastise you or would you rather the world deal with you? What do you prefer? Sing uh, Yun. You rather God discipline you or the world let the world and Satan have you? God, why? Because God is more loving. <laughs> but God's chastisement is very serious, you know? But you know, when God chastises you, God wants to restore you. But that when the world deals with you, when Satan deals with you, they only want you to die, understand that? They want you to be destroyed. They want you to be in the worst state. It's not for good intention. Alright, so you mean you're, letting, you, you, you're telling me to, to just go to the world and let the world have me? They wake up, they fear. Alright, they fear. Like David, right? David chose rather to be dealt with by God than by the enemies, by, his, by, the, by the people around him when he was asked to choose. He understood that. Now, do you think that it causes a brother to change? We have cases in our church where the church censure, the church censure, I censure from pulpit certain sins, taking certain jobs, breaking the Sabbath consistently because of the job. I censure openly, don't want to deal with it, don't want to respond. Then individuals censure. But we know of case among us. When you reach a stage where the church members say, we do not want you to do this for us. They were going to have a wedding. And then the, this person say, I will help you. And the church members say, no, we do not want. Because your line of work, you constantly break the Sabbath in this line of work. We do not want you to think that we condone this. This person cried. All the censuring from the pulpit, from the individual as a pastor, did not help. But when now it reached the ch when church members say, no, we don't want your service. We treat you and we love you as a brother. That's why we're doing this. We don't condone your lifestyle. The grown man cried. Say, and the person said this, you mean it is really that serious? Then the person dawned on him. The church, my brethren whom I grew up with, all my brethren say the same thing and think the same thing. And the person say, you mean it is so serious? And then the person stopped working on Sundays. Right? Does it work? Yes. Does it help the person? Yes, it does. It helps. Alright, so as a, as a member, you must not say, Pastor, why you keep preaching on that? You know that person is doing it, and you keep pointing it out. Why? And then you're, why, hey, come on, why don't you, why don't you use his service? Why? Be more loving towards him. If we did that, this person would not have changed. Right? So, please understand, church censures are good and important. Now, we, it's nine o'clock, we just do one more and then we close. One more other example and then we close. Not willing. <clears throat> now, how does it prevent other individuals? Well, I think we will continue the next time because the individual and the leaders are tied together. 
Alright, so any questions so far? So wait, about Satan one, right? So if if he repents and run back to God and return to God and be repentant, now it's proven that this person is a true believer. That's why this person who committed fornication, he sorrowed greatly. And he wanted to be back in church. He wanted to be back in church. Alright? And Paul said, let him back in church. Right? They did not know what to do, but Paul instructed them. But if you want to follow Satan's way, then let Satan... If the person wants to follow Satan's way, then let Satan have it. That is what Paul is saying. Now, I say this previously, and someone had a question. You know, both times when the Lord says, when God says in His Word, then if you deal and deal, and at church, what dealt with this person, and the person refuses to repent, treat him as a heathen man and as a publican, right? And in this case, send him out of the church. Let, and if you want to follow Satan's way, let Satan have him. Now, both is basically saying this person is like treating this person as an unbeliever, correct? A heathen, heathen means unbeliever, publican, terrible sinner, right? So, are we supposed to then treat when we practice biblical separation, or someone has false doctrines, are we supposed to treat this person as publican, heathen, unbelievers? Are we supposed to practice biblical separation with charismatics? Are we supposed to treat them as heathens, unbelievers? Right? You go back and think about that. Because I think when it comes to biblical separation and treating as brethren or not as brethren, because the Bible have verses, Bible have both verses about, well, treat him as a brethren. And another one is treat him as a heathen. But let's understand this first. When a person repeatedly refuses to repent, when shown from scriptures, rebuked from scriptures, and church witness against him, also made known through scriptures, and the person would not repent. What Paul is saying, what God is saying is, treat him as a heathen means only a heathen, only a person who is not a child of God, would be so recalcitrant, would be so utterly unrepentant and with no remorse, and therefore the person is really acting like an unbeliever. Then treat him like an unbeliever. Do you understand that? Okay? Now, I say again, if really, if from pulpit censures, from personal censures, any one of us, really just in our heart, ah, this church is just too strict, ah, when even it's from scriptures. This is just too much, or I don't want to obey. There's no remorse in your heart. You must check your salvation, because Christ said, only a heathen, only the publicans, only those that will follow Satan, who wants to follow Satan, only those would behave like that. Right? So, that is what it means. Um, that is how serious it is. And in this case, a true repent, a true believer will sorrow when that when it reaches that stage. They will awaken, they will sorrow. Alright, so just want to conclude this. So think about that. What about hmm, the other cases? Um, what about a brethren who is a person who is under church discipline? Can we eat with the brethren? Because a person asks, you know, my family member is under church discipline. Can I 
hang out with him. Another person asked also, if a person leaves our church and um, was against our church teachings and teach false doctrines, contacts me, should I hang out with the person? Now, how these things begin to, un- we begin to wonder how to act when these things happen. Right? So we'll cover that in point five when we get to those. It's very simple, it's very clear, but, and we need to be clear. But today, the bottom line is, please know, church discipline is a very, very loving thing. Loving for the individual, loving for the name of Christ, loving for the cause of Christ and the future generation. Okay? Loving. Let's pray.